but like everyone's being really respectful about what's going on. Like no mm-hmm. one is trying to be like, I'm not wearing a mask or I'm going to, everyone is doing the right thing. That being said, the couple of nice days that we've had, the trails are way too full. There's way too many people. Like it's, 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 it's like we could barely ride the bikes on the nice days because there's too many people on the damn trails. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, what are you going to do? You know, people, people want to get out. People are going stir people crazy. Need, yeah. People need, people need to get out. And I don't really know how it's going to ha- work. Like we got all the beaches here. Like I live no close to the beach. Mm-hmm. Once June comes like, uh, like normally there's millions of people at the fucking beaches. I don't know how you, I don't know what their plan is going to be for New York state. I just don't know. So I don't know. Yeah, it's me. Uh, we we just reopen our parks here, and we're live. We'll just roll with it. I mean, it's cool. just bullshit conversation like we normally do. So yeah. <laughs> uh, what the fuck is up? It's bread and circuses. This is full disclosure. We're a very transparent show. Uh, this is take two. Last time we did it, our audio file was corrupted for no reason. So there was I, nothing. I didn't even get to make it because of the baby. So it was that's like, why it wasn't it, meant to be. Yeah, it just wasn't meant to be last week. <laughs> is, you, gotta, uh, you gotta roll with the punches in this business. So. We're, we're, <laughs> we're on with uh, John Ryan. He's the percussionist and backing vocalist for the band Keep Flying from the the East Coast. I don't know if you guys identify as New York or. Uh, also saxophone, but Saxon, I'll take yes. it. Sorry. Uh, um, no, don't be sorry. Uh, we identify as New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, but we kind of just say the Northeast because we are scattered amongst the three states, and it's not the tri-state area because that's Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York, so okay. it's more like the Northeast. So, gotcha. Yeah. But, but those are the states where the band resides, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, which is the, the other thing we go by. So. so you probably like get out uh, down into like Philly and stuff pretty frequently to do shows and everything. Our bass huh? player, our bass player lives in Philly, so Hell we yeah. play there as uh, as often as we play Long Island, which is like our true like home market. And then the same amount we play North Jersey and like Asbury Park, New Jersey. Those are like the main places where I guess would be our home markets, but. Funny enough, there are a lot of other cities that have the same kind of vibe and turnout um, since we tour so much that feel like home markets, like Portland, like what? Maine, Austin, Tech, Portland, Maine, Austin, Texas, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, those three, Orlando now, uh, Boston is starting to feel like home, Brattleboro, Vermont, which is like South Vermont. There's like a lot of, we, we tour so much that we're playing places that most people never play ever, like every four months so it starts to feel like we're from there so it's kind of nice hell yeah well everyone will be back on tour i i really hope sooner than later but (laughs) realistically realistically um our size band and smaller and local bands are going to be the first bands back to doing stuff so you know I don't know when that's going to be, but I do know that our band will be touring before a lot of other bands because we're the smaller size, so we can. Or we'll be able to with less risk. Actually, that might actually end up working in your guys' favor at the end of all this, too, because people are going to be hungry to get out and go see some music and just do some stuff. So, like, A lot of my friends who are booking agents or venue owners or promoters are basically telling me, like, when this starts back up, we're going to need the small bands to really test the waters and also... We're going to need the small bands who still love doing it to do it because there's going to be a lot of free events, a lot of free shows mm-hmm. just to get people in the door mm-hmm. and bigger bands with 30 people on crew. They just can't do free shows. They just can't, you know, they can't do that. So I think that uh, the music industry that really couldn't give less of a shit about the small bands like us and smaller are going to really be relying on us to get the gears moving again. Um, and luckily for them, we're uh, going to be more than happy to because we still love doing this to do it. So, uh, do you do you guys are you, have like uh, your own roadies, or do you guys set up all your own stuff? We do all our own stuff. We're you yeah. know we're still playing anywhere from. We do support stuff where we're playing. You know we're opening for bigger bands in like thousand to two thousand cap rooms, but when we're headlining, we're still playing basement shows, libraries, fucking taco stand record stores, small hundred cap venues, DIY rooms, storage units. Like 
we still play lots of pl places like that. So we're crammed in the van, no trailer, hauling all our shit, doing all our own thing. Hell yeah. Uh, we like it that way. That's how we're able to also keep the expenses as low as, as close to zero as possible. So that's how we have to do it. Hmm. That's the grind of it. Yep. That's what uh, I've been working with uh, Derek Pavelka and uh, Zach Bravietti, two other comedians. We're, we're trying to do a small town takeover show. It's going to be all us. So it's, that's basically the same thing touring around, you know, Nebraska yep, and Iowa. It, yep. Keep it small and keep it in one car and do some events, like get people in the door. Maybe if, you know, you work out a deal with the venues that they, you know, give you a little bit of money from the bar sales, but everyone's got to start all over. So it's yeah. like everyone needs to start trickling in income somehow. So, uh, you know, I guess that's a way for music. That's how it's going to have to start small events that are just people excited to get out and, and, you know, risk. It's going to be a risk because you're going to be touching people. So no matter what, you're going to be at risk. So it's like, how do you get people to want to, you know, to feel good, as good as they can be? I guess small rooms, small bars at half capacity where it's free, you know, where people, you know, you could justify going out maybe, maybe. And even then I think some people won't go. So. You know, even minus a crazy global pandemic going on like usually if you're packing into those tiny shows and everything it's it's not like necessarily going to be the most conducive to staying healthy you know what i mean because like there could oh, be some no question yeah there could be somebody in right. there with just some random thing like <laughs> yeah how about regular flu season you know like regular flu like you're at a 200 cap room with 250 people in it plus mm -hmm. bands and guest list what do you mean? Like somebody, you might get something. You don't know. People spitting all over the place, sweating all over each other. Oh yeah. You know, have, who, who knows? Have we seen our last, our last mosh pit? Do you think? Uh, I don't think so, but I do think I, so I've looked at like the state, there's like a CNN has like a, a little like link for all the states and where they're at, like where they're opening, like what days and what they have open. Right. I've seen some of the states that have some things about to open like restaurants and like salons and bars. A lot of them are looking at having all of those buildings at half capacity. And I think that there's no question when the small venues and, and bars open, it's going to have to be at least half capacity. So if you're a 150 cap room, it's going to be 75, you know? Yeah. And so I think you're still going to see people engaging and having fun, but the room just won't be as tight. That way the people mm. who don't want to engage are able to stand in the back or on the side where they're not touching any other people. It gives the people the option. Um, as opposed to like here at our local venue, it's a 225 cap. Sometimes we sell shows to 275 and you can't walk in the building without instantly touching people. Yeah. So, you know. Um, you'll, you'll probably start to see a lot of people even like you know every after everyone's given the all clear and everything you'll probably still see a bunch of people wearing masks out in public no or question. in shows like this that's like, too. no mm. question that's going to be i think for a long time um, i did th that's a common thing over in asia and it has been for a while though yeah it has that thing is though what they've worn masks like way before any of this started right yep but yeah, for the other people yeah like you're wearing the that, you know, that, I feel that's like a, thing, I, I agree. It's respect. That's yeah, it's like thing, a cultural guys. thing. Here in America, the people you see wearing masks, it's to protect themselves. Like most of them, I think it was Tim Dillon was like, they don't even give a fuck about their neighbor. They don't care about old people. Yeah. It's, they don't want to get it themselves. Um, but no, I'm with you. Like every show I've ever been at, festival, bar, whatever. I mean, I you are packed in like sardines. So I think it is going to be really interesting to see right. with all the touching and stuff. I think just like right now is it, it makes people like a little bit more aware of like what's what's they're doing around them because it's like now there's actually something that you've got in the back of your head like oh shit this could kill me you know it's like you're right. not putting your hands in your mouth as much putting you know touching your face or whatever so. I was saying, I think last time we were, when we did this the first time, yeah. another thing that's going to be for certain is that all, all bands, regardless of size, are going to need to travel with their own vocal mics from here on out. Like, oh, already man. a lot of bands do that, but, like, not everybody. But, but a lot of bands that I work for, they, like, carry their own mics. There's no question that now it's, like, 
do you really want to show up to a venue and use a mic that's been spit into by who knows how many people? Like, no, probably not. So you're probably going to carry your own. It's not a big cost, but it's definitely a thing. Like everyone's going to do that. And that's a good um, point. I'm super interested to see how open mic nights change all over the place. When you've got 30, 30 or 40 people spitting into a mic. Right. Up there for 10 minutes, you know, like uh, bring your own. Yeah. Bring your own. <laughs> Yeah, that might be and, and go and and go home and take that filter off and clean that out after every every performance. You know, what I mean, like no one's done that. It doesn't happen. Oh, man. Now I'm thinking about it, too. A lot of the places I've been to to go to like small shows and everything, man, they have like the dingiest, grungiest bathrooms, too. And like, ain't nobody washing their hands. And that, that's my bathrooms. thing, though. That's <laughs> that's why I think I've never gotten it is because I've spent enough time in punk venue ben bathrooms that I'm immune. <laughs> I've caught way nastier shit than that. So that's my only inkling of hope I'm holding on to. But I honestly, is... what's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I thought you were. Um, no, I. Uh, as far as the open mic thing goes, I, and I've never understood why they don't do this, because like you said, microphones aren't really that much money. But no. maybe have like three or four mics and you rotate it and just sanitize right. them after every person. You don't got to have 40 mics or have everyone have their own. But to just rotate them and sanitize them, you know, so by the, you know, the chemicals have settled. Don't inject yourself. We don't endorse that on this show. Um, Jesus. <laughs> by, by the next, but, you know, so by the time the next person goes off, it's, it's been clean. I don't know. Yeah, that would be, that'd be a good system. I mean, I was talking to this with my friend about movie theaters. You know, Texas, I saw they said the theaters could open. Yeah. And they're not. They're not. Yeah. And because, and I read one today that was like, they're just not prepared to have people come back to their theaters and like risk people getting hurt because they're sitting for a movie. There's also no new movies going out into the theater, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, so, I live in El, uh, El Paso, Texas, and they're, the, Texas is doing it a lot city by city cases. Right. And right. Um, El Paso, actually, uh, they are, they're not going to be opening up anything, I think, until next week. But yep. uh, I've been seeing a lot of like drive-in theaters are actually what's what's booming right now. There we go. And yeah, El, El Paso only has a drive-in porn theater. Like they don't have any drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> a drive-in porn theater? Yeah, they legit have a drive-in porn theater, like just on the outskirts That's of nice. town. <laughs> That's nice. That's horny. That's nice. We love that. Has anyone ever been to a drive-in theater without the purpose of getting a hand job though that's my question that's the only time i've ever heard <laughs> that. Like, absolutely not <laughs> no not at all um <laughs> fuck man that's that's dirty but no for real um we're like, opening sorry go ahead. no like i was just gonna say like even with theaters like you're gonna maybe you could sell every third seat right but like mm -hmm. you also don't have the capacity of of you don't have the employer capacity to go and sanitize the seats. They barely have the time to go in there and scoop up the popcorn and the drinks before the next showing. Yeah. So you're going to have less showings in order to sanitize the chairs, but, and also there's no movies. So you're going to have less showings because there's no movies. So you're going to, you're not going to have like a movie run like 15 times in a day. You might have it run three times because there's people still not coming. Yeah. So I don't know. Everything is just, I'm very curious just to see who goes back to doing what things that are social things after this and how fast they go back. It seems you know? like movie theaters were, always, were kind of on the downward spiral anyway. Like this might just no end question. up being, and this might just be like the nail in the coffin for like all the AMCs and everything. I, I think a lot of theaters will close, I think that, and condense down for sure. Yeah, I you might. You might only start to see like theaters like in Omaha, where they have like the Dundee Theater, like just real tiny ones that maybe play like indie movies or something like theaters. Even with how about go ahead. Oh, so I was going to say theaters and chain restaurants. So you're still going to yeah. have. So I feel like right away, everyone's going to go to the movies. Everyone's going to go out to eat because they missed it. And then the rosy retrospective is going to kick in and it's going to be like, wait. I didn't really like this that much. So you'll still have super nice restaurants for like date nights and stuff. And you'll still have local restaurants, but Applebee's red Robin, people are going to realize like, I, I would rather eat this at home 
than than come here and get their reheated food. Like I, I think that's what we're gonna go to, or what it's gonna come to. Yeah, I I definitely could see that kind of thing. And then like, I mean, also how about we're we're adjusting to the fact that people can't go out, right? So like extraction. That was a movie that just came out. It was supposed to be in the theaters. They dis- they they repurposed it right to Netflix. They worked the deal out, right? Yeah. Who's to say that that's not going to happen more with more movies moving forward? Like, well, that was pretty successful. Why don't we just have other movies that are major motion motion pictures go right to the streaming and see how it goes? Yeah, Disney because owns we- like five major studios. I mean, they, people already exactly. pay for their app. They yeah, they just put it right on their app. Like, Disney's I mean, in trouble sense. though. Disney's in a I lot of that. trouble. They're, I mean, as far as billionaires can be in trouble, but I mean, they're, they're, um, cause their issue is when they reopen their parks, are they going to be able to allow enough people in to keep them profitable? Like that's the concern. Yeah, that was, that was another thing I was talking. I have many friends who work at both land and world. And I was asking like, what, what on earth could they do specifically? How are you going to do the lines for the rides? How oh, yeah. are you going to, the park themselves hold tens of thousands of people, but the lines are also a lot of people. Are you going to space the lines? If you space the lines, are people going to care? Are people going to follow the, the, the dots on the ground, let's say, that you put? Yeah. And, like, I don't think that they even know what they're going to do yet. I think that their parks, when they open, are going to run at a reduced capacity. But it might be like a you coming at your own risk kind of thing. I don't know. But um, it's certainly going to be making millions of dollars less every day. There's oh, yeah. no way. They'll ne- they can't get back. My buddy told me that they, they, his company meeting, they had, he works like in one of the offices. He told me that they've already said it will take well over five years for them to get even close to where they were. And I believe it. And then yeah. if you think from the perspective of like sporting events, I think this is another thing we talked about last time, you know, like they're saying they could sell every third seat, but how do you enforce that? Because you already see people like buying nosebleed seats and coming down to open seats in the front mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. would have to hire more security to enforce that, but you're already out two thirds of your normal income, you know, not just from tickets, but from concessions, from, you know, souvenirs, from <laughs> merchandise, whatever. You're already out two thirds of that. So you, you can probably barely afford to keep the employees you have. I just don't know how you could enforce every third seat. No idea. Truly no clue. That's, we don't know. But the good thing is we're all just going to kind of find out pretty poorly together. I think that's how it's going <laughs> to yeah, work. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that, that's basically how humanity has stumbled throughout history is just figuring it out. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. For it. I'm sure like NFL is going to be fine. Honestly, I'm the MLB is probably going to be really hurting because the MLB makes a lot of their money just from the live ticket sales. Cause I mean, it's super cheap to go to a baseball game compared to yeah. a, like, that's, that's just, you know, not a lot of whole lot, as many people watch, watch it on TV as say other sports. So that's just kind of how they stay right. afloat. Yeah, no, baseball's too slow for me to follow on TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same for me, bro. No, no, thanks. It's fun to go to the stadium and go watch because you can get good tickets for like 40 bucks at some places, but. Yeah, no, I mean, oh. I mean like, like I'm from Omaha. On college the road. Right, yeah. You get the college stuff there. Yeah. What yeah. were you saying on the road? Say so on the road, my drummer and my guitar player. They, they very often go to just rent. If there's a game happening anywhere, mm-hmm. like when, if we have like, if we're there early, he's at a, he'll go to a minor league thing. He'll go to a triple a league thing. He don't care. He'll go and find like the supporter group on Facebook and he'll chime in and write, write a post and be like, hi, I'm in this city today. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, in a touring band. And I'm wondering if anybody has any free tickets. And he'll get free tickets every time. Seriously? Oh yeah, me and my That's husband. Awesome. Me and my husband aren't going. So here's here's the scan for two tickets. And he goes. He's seen so many teams in like whatever seats for free in so many cities because <laughs> that's what he does to pass his time. It's that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Well, even <laughs> like the the Diamondbacks tri- uh, AAA team is here in El Paso, and you can get a the. Uh, tickets for that for like 12 bucks a piece for like front row like 
<laughs> I can imagine oh, yeah. like people be just be giving up those tickets. Like, it's like dude, oh, well. I saw um, Hinder at a Storm Chasers game once after a show or after a game. They had like free concert <laughs> night, and it was it was like with the new lead singer. I just thought it was wild. I'm like, I remember them saying Hinder was the next Aerosmith, and now all of a sudden, I get to see them for free at a baseball game. Oh yeah, they kind. Of- <laughs> They kind of felt they hindered a little bit, for sure. <laughs> what I mean, you got the insight on the music industry. What? How do bands just fall off like that? Is it a couple things? A couple ways. Um, a big way is if they take too long to put out a new record. If they don't do anything for too long. Yeah. Especially, not so much in the seventies, eighties, you know, even nineties. But like as we hit the two thousands, people's attention span became less and less. Yeah. Um, especially with the digital age. Um, so like now, if you don't have like any sort of content for a, a, any small amount of time, people move on. They find another band that's like your band and they like that band instead. Um, that's very common. So like sometimes if a band member, let's say someone has an injury or death in the family or something crazy that makes them not tour for a while, sometimes they'll never come back. By the time they come back, it's never the same. Sometimes yeah. it's the other way, but I've seen it go way too many times where a band comes back and it just didn't, people have moved on. They don't, they haven't paid attention to the band in so long. Um, so that's one way. Uh, if you put out a bad record, people really don't like your record. That's going to definitely make people like, feel like, okay, then they don't listen. Then they're not paying attention to your social media. So they don't see any content that you're giving and they move on. Yeah. Uh, or if you don't make any content or if you make bad content. Um, and then the other way is if you're, if you have assholes in the band, if someone, oh, in the band, yeah. if someone in the band makes your fans hate you, or if someone in your band makes other bands, not like you or booking agents, not like you or promoters, not like you, it's like bands don't want to take you on tour. So you're not going to grow to any new fans. Promoters don't want to have you in their venue. So they're not going to book you in the room and then you're not playing to people and you're not making any new fans. And now you've just kind of fizzled out until your fans become 35. They stop caring about live music and they move on. Man, especially like now in this day and age where it's like so easy to be a public jackass. Like, yeah, that's probably. You mean, you mean like when your lead singer gets on Twitter and like threatens other bands like trapped? (laughs) That is like a, a prime example of, Actually, that's a prime example of like, maybe that could have worked in his favor had he not kept going. (laughs) In my opinion, he has definitely gone too far. Um, Like in the beginning, it was kind of funny for me. I was laughing. I I was like, I was like, what is this guy smoking? I was entertained by it. So for me, it made me go, oh, I haven't listened to Trapped in a really forever. I, and I, I remember, like, going to their profile and, like, listening to four songs and being like, hell yeah. Like, that was – it worked. It, but then it went too far, and then it was like, okay, this guy actually is like, something's wrong. Like, this <laughs> this can't be real anymore. So, I'm, um, I'm on – as of five minutes ago, he is still at it. That, that's amazing. <laughs> You, as you know, you've heard the saying, but all PR is good PR, even if it's bad. Yeah. So <laughs> to a degree, but the, he's kind of crossed the line with that. But like I mean, in, yeah. the in the beginning, I would say it was working. People were looking at the profile going, I remember this band. Yeah. I remember Headstrong. And then I looked up a couple other songs and I was like, oh, I didn't know Trapped sang that. But Correct. Same with me. I was like, I had no idea those were those their songs. <laughs> So, I mean, it just, I mean, yeah, like you said, any publicity. So we're talking about it now. How many people that listen to this show are going to hear this and go listen to like two or three trapped songs just for the nostalgia trip? <laughs> yeah, why not? Like somebody else might be like, yeah, oh yeah, let me listen to one of those. Oh, they do have singles that I didn't know were by them. Oops. Yeah, no, it's, and somehow everyone has been tagged in a, tra- in a trapped thread, so... But if you also another side of that, if you if you if you look at so as you can tell, there's also people chiming in going against him for the same kind of thing. If they're yeah. saying something funny or mean to the to that guy out of nowhere, like other artists and stuff, 
it's also PR for them. Some of them are doing it because maybe they genuinely feel this, but you gotta, you gotta know that some of them are just looking for the clout and looking for the PR, which they're getting because people are now clicking their profiles. Yeah. You know, you sure. can go and write something right now. Right. And if it's funny, someone might click your tweet and then look at your profile and see that you do like a podcast and you're a comedian and move and be like, Oh, wow. You, ha you can do that based off of that guy's responding to you, you know? So like, that also comes with this people uh, for sure jump in on that. I, and I'll say in the beginning, I saw people jumping in and was like, okay. But then like toward a little later, I was like, okay, now the people that are jumping in now, I don't know, man, it kind of feels like a little bit of clout chasing, looking for that free PR to me, but who am I, you know, maybe not. hundred percent. And Nick, are you aware of what was going on there? Yeah, I'm aware of what's going okay. on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, because I don't, I don't really use Twitter, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of times in other social media stuff, Twitter is like the perfect thing to like screen cap for stuff. Yeah. So it jumps oh. over into other platforms all the time. Like, see, that's my thing. Like, when you have other people like counting on you, you shouldn't talk shit in their name. And I think we, t I don't know if he still has any members of his band or if they're just touring, but like, I have opinions that I would voice on social media, but I wouldn't do it in the name of our podcast. Like I do mm -hmm. it for me personally, cause I don't represent you. Like right. I'm sure there's things Nick and I disagree with. I wouldn't yep. represent Nick in a, in a light that he wouldn't be comfortable with. And like, right. you know, he should have that respect for his band members or even his touring band members that affiliate yeah, themselves. Or even just as like support staff for the band too. Cause like there's could be roadies with them or like his booking agent or something that has nothing like, you know what I mean? Like that's his job is no, to make sure this guy's got stuff to do. No question about that. There are definitely people that are affected. I would, I'm going to assume that uh, he has no other members. I'm assuming that they're touring members now. I don't even know when the last time they tour is. I'd have to look. But they're I'm on tour right now. Are they? Yeah. I don't know oh. if all their events are canceled, but they were. Um, they have a show actually in Lincoln on the 30th of April. That's got to be canceled, though. Um, it's yeah, got to be. They were touring like right up until they told them they couldn't. That rocks. That is cool. <laughs> They're cool. I'm assuming it's all touring members because um, whenever I see an account like that, it's, it's, it's usually ran by like the one, the, the one person left in the band. So they've still got their bassist and their drummer looks like, and their guitarist. So original members. So that yeah. means that guys are seeing what he's doing and they're either not caring or turning, turning a cheek or yeah, that, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't or be cool. Or they feel the same. Or they feel the same and they think it's cool. Or they think yeah. it's funny. It or, or all yeah, they're just all hyping him up in the van or something like that or the bus. They're like, yo, man, yeah, post him. Get him. Get him. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it's like that, to be honest. These guys, I think they're in, they must be in like their 40s. So I yeah. hope it is. The, Nick, we should try to get the singer on the podcast. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we should, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know about you, but I'm a huge fan of flaming people on the internet. So <laughs> I love doing that shit. I think so. to an extent, um, like a friend of mine just got like, like there's a point where the internet becomes real life and it's not funny anymore. Like oh, yeah. a friend of mine just got like into a Facebook argument with this guy and this guy took the time, like took it upon himself to find my friend and then post his address and say, how would you like it if I came and talked to you about it there? And that's that's where the line gets drawn, in my opinion. So, well, that's, that's the most boomer thing ever. <laughs> that's that's like that's no good. I would say I would agree. I'd say that is way way too far past. That's that's my thing. There's nothing you could say to me on the internet that would make me want to a cost you your job, or b meet up and physically assault you. <laughs> Like there's, there's, if it's that bad, I'd press block. If I was concerned for my safety, I'd file a police report because like, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And then if, yep. if they show up and my dog mauls them at the door, then it's kind of like, well, why didn't you call us? Well, shit, right. somebody like you, John, you probably have so many interactions with just like people that you're never going to see again. It's like, who the fuck cares about what these people say on the internet, dude? Like, well, well, that is a great point you bring up because 
I'll be honest, bro. It, it's taken me a very, very long time to get to a point where I can confidently say that I just don't care what people think or say. Damn. It, you know, you know, you know how it goes. Like for not everyone, but for a lot of people, it's like that one mean negative thing that someone says versus the hundred nice things. That one negative mean one is the thing that shined through for some reason. Yeah. Just how it is. And you just overthink it. And man, I used to let that stuff eat me alive, like straight up, like cripple me sometimes, sometimes straight up cripple me. But I, over the last like three, actually since Keep Flying started, I would say that that has slowly decreased all the way down to the where the point now is like, I just don't care now. Now Dude, it's like, that's, yeah, that's fine. You can think what you want or feel what you want. Like if you're not going to talk to me about it and not have a combo or you're not open to having a combo, well then you're the loser, not me. You're, you're the one that doesn't even want to talk about it. So I'm good. No worries. That's like so relatable because I, you're a hundred percent right. You know, you, they say, don't read the negative comments. That's definitely easier said than done. Um, right. And it, it reading it about, especially when it's something you're passionate about, like I can go out and murder a stand up set and the whole crowd can love me. And then the video will get shared to social media and you got one jackass. Oh, this hack isn't funny. That'll yep. fucking crush your high the whole night. Yep. It's just ruined from that. Yep. And it, that's amplified everyone that was bit paid to see you loved you but that one guy that wants to shit on and that's the hardest thing for a lot of and i have gotten better about not reading the comments but you still do it every now and then and it still does sting it's hard but i think it's good practice and then just i don't know once you get to that point you really you can i can look back and be like <laughs> I wonder how all those people that had something not nice to say like that for no reason, I wonder how their life is. I hope they're well. You know, I really, I hope they're well. I hope that they found happiness from whatever sadness that they were having, that they had to be horrible to other people like that, just to like make themselves feel better. I hope that they're all right. You know, I really do feel that way, truthfully. It's really zen because, like, people on the when you're on the internet versus in person, like, you just you don't give a fuck. Like, you can say whatever you want on the internet and like just forget about it. Well, so that's there was a quote I saw. I don't remember where it was. It was uh, the internet's such an uncivil place because the threat of violence has been removed. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna yeah. go up and insult some guy or talk, you know, say whatever about his mother or his significant other because there's no risk that that guy's gonna punch you in the there's face. There's no consequence. Correct. There's no, mm -hmm. there's no consequence whatsoever. Yeah. And I mean, and these that's are why people do it. That's why people go on YouTube and say horrible things. They use every racial slur, every inappropriate word that you could ever think of. No care, no care. It's, there... it's crazy. I find YouTube and Twitter to be the absolute worst places. They are. They are. Twitter's bad. You mainly because it's anonymous. Yeah. And Facebook, I feel like there's a psychological thing. You're talking shit to somebody on Facebook. You're actually more or less saying it to them, not their Twitter handle. And, right. and that's the other thing is it's not just the threat of violence, but the threat of actually seeing the fallout of what you say to this person. Because you have no right. idea what another person's going through. I, I mean, I like Facebook with that as opposed to Twitter. Because on Facebook, I mean, like a, a lot of times if, if you're getting someone talking shit to you on Facebook and it's just some random profile with like a fucking picture of like the Detroit Lions logo <laughs> on it and it's not action bots. Yeah, you're like, right. who the fuck cares about this guy? But then if it's like right. an actual person, you can look at this guy. And this is an actual person versus Twitter. It's like fucking at big dick sucker, you know? Yeah. And then it's like the same Detroit Lions thing. It's like, you have no idea what that is. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I love about doing comedy is whenever someone has an opinion, um, that's in the crowd that actually does decide to voice that if you can light that that heckler up you get the audience on your side the whole night you yeah, guys get... you just them what's that you just showed them you just you put them in their place basically you guys get hecklers at your shows at all or no no Never? i don't think ever uh i mean we've had people like yell things out that we've always engaged with because it's funny yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah same thing if someone does that like awkwardly out of place and you engage with them then the crowd laughs and then you move on like that's yeah. it just yelling yeah. at you to play Freebird or something <laughs> oh we've got that like that's like the common 
that's across all music. All yeah. I don't know why that became a thing, but that is across all music. Uh, that that's what happens. And uh, actually, one of my friends' bands learned Freebird, so that when <laughs> they hear it, that happened, they play it. And like, well, they'll play like 30 seconds of it. And that to me is just hilarious. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that is fucking dope. Man. I love when you're seeing a band and then they just randomly come out like with just some cover song that you weren't expecting at all. Like the nostalgia <laughs> trips. Yeah, dude. That was, I think I prevail used to do that because they got really big off. It's funny. Like I bands like I prevail, they won't sing, um, that blank space cover because they don't want to be known as the band that covered Taylor Swift anymore. <laughs> right. Well, because it becomes a big part of your identity and then you're just, you're like, oh, we don't want to be known for the cover. We want to be known for our music. Yeah. And then it becomes an internal battle for sure. Have you guys done any covers yet? Like released any? We have released no covers. Um, but we are... We've just finished a new record that also has no covers, but since quarantines happened, some of our, our tours clearly in April, May, and June have been washed. I actually think we're going to get back in the studio in June, I think, and we're going to do covers of our own songs. We're going to do like acoustic and recomposed versions Ooh, cool. of our music from like a couple songs from each of the EPs that we have out already, which is going to be cool. Um, but we have always talked about like actual covers of other bands. And recently I've started compiling a list of things that are out of the box that I think would be hilarious slash well done for us to cover. For instance, I will give you one of those, the village people's YMCA. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome, dude. Everyone <laughs> in the world knows it. If you don't know it, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> it already has horns in it and we could take that and recreate that and make it our own and i think it would be hilarious and people would love it and it would go over very well live for I sure would. yeah that's true so you, do you think right now with with everything going on out right now i mean like yeah you guys aren't touring but i mean like you've got you must have like a lot more time to be able to do just stuff like i like create more content and stuff like. yeah that's exactly like my mornings, each morning, I spend a few hours of my day working on the content for the band. So, like, we just finished um, a music video for a song off of an EP, two EPs ago. Um, it's being edited right now, so it'll probably come out either the end of this week, actually, or next week, which is great. Um, we're doing live streams every day, like, personal live streams. Instead of, like, bands playing acoustic, we're doing, like, each member of the band has a different thing. For instance, my guitar player right now is is live streaming on our band account, like a playthrough, guitar playthrough of uh, one of our EPs. So that's cool. Um, and then we're just working on um, some graphic stuff that we can be posting. We have a live record that's up and out now, like pre-orders up. So like that, we're doing stuff like that. Bandcamp's waiving their fees certain days. So we're like, finding fun ways to direct people to the band camp. If they really want to download the music, they can, and we get paid more than we normally would, even though we don't really ask for any. Um, and um, coming up with new, uh, we're meeting up to get some new music videos shot for new songs. We're coming up with clever ideas for that. Like, I'm making up the time. I'm certainly not letting any of the time go to waste because I think it's really important, like we saw said earlier, any bands that are like letting time just pass with nothing going on, people are moving on. They're finding yeah. bands. They're, 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 they need engagement in some capacity. And if the less you do, there's like the, the perfect middle between too little and too much. And you got to find what works for you and your community. What's, what's that perfect middle? I think we've kind of figured it out at least as well as I think I'm going to figure it out for now. So. That's like, have you seen um, what uh, Machine Gun Kelly's been up to? Oh, amazing. That's got, I've never incredible. Been, and I'm paying attention to him now. Yeah. That's a lot of people. They're like, they're, you look through the comments and people are, you know, I'm an Eminem fan, but I love Machine Gun Kelly. Like, that's like everyone's saying that. It's unbelievable. He's blown up on YouTube. Uh, 
couple friends my age, like in their mid thirties, um, who don't care for Post Malone. All of a sudden, I saw on Facebook the other day when he did the Nirvana cover set. All of a yep. sudden, I saw all these people that I'm friends with, who I know that they don't like it, sharing the post saying, "I don't normally like this kind of stuff or this kind of music, but this guy's killing it. This is awesome." Engagement. Yeah. I feel like it's. Uh, especially as like a professional musician, it's it's got to be dangerous to kind of just trap yourself in like one genre kind of box. Because I mean, like, dude, you guys could probably come out, go make some like rock jazz thing or some cool like that, or cover some old jazz tunes or something like that from like Frank Sinatra or some shit. And like that's somebody be like, dude, that's my shit. That's fucking awesome. Like, right. Like we, this new record that's coming out, actually, uh, I shouldn't say. We have music <laughs> on the record. We we What's have that? we wrote songs that are not what our sound is. We're very pumped, and it's for other people, and I think they'll like it. And so yes, I agree with you. And yes, we are doing exactly that. We're expanding the bubble a little bit because why not? If people don't like it, then you just don't write any more songs like that. That's that's it's super important to get out of your comfort zone. I remember one of the best learning. Um, experiences for me doing comedy was I swapped sets. Nick, you know, Brooke Barcel mm -hmm. with Brooke. She did my set and I did hers and she's a female comedian and it's very, you know, like female sexual oriented. And I got to say that was one of the most awkward experiences of my life, <laughs> but it's super productive to get out of your comfort zone every now and then like that. Mm. I love it. Why not? Why not give it a try? Right. Yeah, for sure. Unless, unless you're so sure that you're going to be able to pinpoint exactly what it is that you should be doing and sounding like that's going to hit as many people as possible. Why would you not give it a try? Right. Yeah. I mean, well, it's worth a shot. Cause the three people are going to, the three negative comments are going to say, you're not a band that sounds like this. Why are you writing songs like this? Like, don't do that. Who cares? Right. Uh, Music okay. is always changing too. I mean, like look at like three, four years ago back when like, one of the things to do was like people were mixing in like 70s funk in with like just like rap songs like Paramore had like that 70s funk like song that they did like that shit was cool like, I love when when musicians do that where they kind of just branch out take some stuff from that uh, you uh the band the 1975 just put out a new song it sounds like it was straight up written and recorded in 1986 mm. sounds yeah. exactly like just British pop with sax it just sounds like it came out in 86 if you told me that this was written in 86 i'd say all right yeah sounds like those songs the 1975's been going off oh yeah recently rocks yeah so who who's you guys' biggest inspiration because we're done about 45 so we'll do that and then as a band yeah i would say that the what makes our i mean well i'm sure there's plenty of bands like this but I can't speak for the band because everybody has their own. It's really cool being in a band with people who are from all over, not all from here. And also who are all very different in what their hobbies are and what the kind of music that they like. But like, I know like our guitar player's favorite band is Green Day still. He's just a Green Day guy. Our singer really loves anything. Um, um, What's the guy's name? He did something corporate and Jack's mannequin and I can't think of his name. Uh, um, he loves him. He loves him and he loves some other like indie stuff and also ska. My my drummer loves rap almost exclusively and old Andrew Martin. McMahon. That's who it was. Andrew McMahon. He loves yep. Andrew McMahon. Andrew McMahon. <laughs> Sorry that just my blame my brain blanked. Drummer's into rap almost exclusively. That's awesome. <laughs> um, loves some like, like classic rock as well because his dad is in Stars and he was in a band called Vixen. So he's like he grew up with classic rock. Um, our bass player loves all like, oh, loves I uh, loves everything. He loves hardcore bands, metalcore, pop punk stuff. I, and same with me. Like Weird Al is my favorite artist. I love Weird Al. <laughs> um, but when I was younger, I also got into. Poison the Well, Converge, Catch-22, um, and Alkaline Trio all on the same day. The CDs were handed to me by a friend. So it was like all different music. 
Um, awesome. So, as far as a band goes, I'd say we're most inspired collectively by like the older punk bands. Like the mentality and the attitude and the sound, like we love, still see, we still all love to see a bad religion. We still all love to see a Pennywise. Yeah. And, and Jake, we, we love those old Tony Hawk pro skater bands. Like, <laughs> and they're still up there just ripping it, having fun, like laughing, make, like talking to each other in between the songs, like having dialogue. Like it, you make you feel good. Like it feels genuine, you know? Yeah. Um, I know those bands also make a lot of money and like it's a business, but they make it, it still feels punk. And that is, I think, the biggest thing to us. And any time we ever tour with other bands who, regardless of what they sound like, they have that like punk mentality, like they're doing it because they're their way, because they want to do it. Those are always bands that we like end up riding with for a long time. So, yeah. I think that's it for us man there's a lot of bands that we like but they all sound different but they all have that one thing in common they don't care like they're here to do the thing their way and they want to have fun and they want to give people a good time you know your true so. self is definitely the best way to sell yourself yeah mm -hmm. don't, don't. it'll make you it'll make you last the longest for sure like i mean you could see how many fake artists there are in, in all avenues in every yeah see when, when something's not genuine or like you really think that or you you read an interview and you're like that is really how you come on like come on just be honest here yeah you know what i mean like i don't know i think that's better than giving some bullshit on stage like it's one thing to know your fans and what you can say to your fans that's going to make them more psyched it's another thing to just straight up lie to them or pretend to be something you're not just be yourself <laughs> some uh there's there's a band i really like uh it's called death grips um these guys are like like an internet band like people like them on the internet uh these dudes were signed by i think it was epic actually to make uh after they had like a pretty successful album and like they were gonna start getting put in and uh, the band was it's just like three dudes like they didn't like that the epic was making them change their sound and do this stuff so what they did was they basically said fuck you to epic they uploaded their album that was going to be released on Epic on the dark web. And then they made the album cover of it. Just a picture of the dudes, like a wrecked dick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they fucking, and then Epic dropped them like right after it. And they just started See, releasing music on their own. But that's, that's what, they, that's what Taylor Swift should have done to Scooter Braun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's amazing. That is awesome. Well, who's that one? Who's that one pop artist that was in the news like a year ago or something like that? Because she was like getting like straight up physically abused by like the record label. Was that guy. Kesha? I think it was Kesha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a couple years ago, but I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine just that, like Kesha just like uploads the internet, like the entire album, just with a picture of her asshole on it or something. Dude, that, like, um, that Weinstein thing really blew the top off of it. There are some scumbags in Hollywood and in the music business, mm. in the Probably. business side of it. There are there are people like that everywhere. There's yeah. no question. So, yeah, that's well. uh. So we've done about forty five. Do you got anything you want to plug before we uh send you on your merry way? Um, just you know, like I was saying earlier, we did just release a uh, live album. Um, limited to 300 copies, like one-time only press, which is really exciting. Smartpunkshop.com has that. Um, it's down to about 100 copies left. So we're really stoked that in like less than a month, we've sold two-thirds of the pressing, which is cool for a small band. Mm -hmm. um, and then the socials, everything's Keep Flying Band. Like I said, we got streams pretty much pretty regularly, almost every weekday, different fun shit. Um and then we're going to start rolling out the new record soon. We got some new music videos coming out. Like just, we're going to have stuff falling at you pretty much left and right. So if you got a free time, you got any free minutes, we'll take them. You want to check out a new band, take a risk on a new band with a uh, punk band with horns. It sounds like it should have been on the Tony Hawk pro skater volume one soundtrack. <laughs> which, ever, which people fucking love. So there's not one bad song on that. Nope. So if you like that, you might like us. And, and <laughs> we're a super insane live band. 
That's our other gimmick. We're just, we have psychotic energy on the stage, which is why this pandemic is certainly hurting us because really the best way for us to make new fans is when we perform. So hopefully sooner than later. And in the meantime, we'll just keep on doing the thing, hanging out. Talking with guys like you, having fun. Yeah, hell that's yeah, what's man. up. Well, you guys ain't got nothing but time right now out there. So yeah, <laughs> it's just like you said, try something new. I mean, just go hop on their YouTube channel or something. Just listen to a song, put throw it on uh, on loop or uh, on shuffle, and just yeah, maybe you'll maybe you'll find something you didn't know you liked. Like, give it a shot. Yeah. Give something a shot. At least, if not us, something. You know, right. And then I just check really, on. I'm, finishing in three days i will have finished lost for my 10th time <laughs> but my mother's first time through and i was very excited to convince her to do this journey and she's so in and it's something <laughs> for her and it just makes me fired up seeing how, like certain episodes like i know what's coming i look over at her and oh she's crying oh she's upset. nice <laughs> that's the best of all those tv shows give something to try you know Why yeah not? i finally got my older brother to watch all of the lord of the rings movies during all oh, this man <laughs> anytime i'd be like yo you need to watch this shit he'd be like no it's just a bunch of people walking for three hours <laughs> and he finally fucking watched it finally. what do you think he loved it he was like yeah they're cool oh he did I was like yeah all right good oh if you don't feel <laughs> some sort of emotions by the end of that I don't know what to tell you. That is a journey, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, my, I get my, heated debates with people over all the time on favorite trilogies because I don't – I love Star Wars, but original Star Wars trilogy is not my favorite. I love Back to the Future, but it's not my favorite. Yeah. Sorry. Lord of the Rings Lord is of the Rings is trilogy. just – oh, my God. Cinematically, it's such a well-made trilogy. Dude, like, my uh, – my girl's brother and his husband, they have like this entire shrine to Lord of the Rings in their house. Hell like yeah, an entire dude. shelf dedicated to it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see it. I know. Yeah, right? I do too, man. They got I'll like get a an actual, for you guys. Yeah. an actual forged sword of Gondor and shit on there. Like, dude, that's my shit, well, man. He wanted for their uh, wedding for the rings to be like the one ring. <laughs> but I guess that got shot down, so. I wish it's in it. it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. Thanks so much. Hopefully, uh, second time was the charm here for this one. Um, You guys have a dope night. Hell yeah. You too. Hey, see you, John. Stay safe out there too, bro. Yeah, stay safe and check on your friends, y'all. Peace out. Cheers.